I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Wednesday, November 25th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor extends mask mandates to 19 more counties. Then retailers prepare for peak holiday shopping. We look at how COVID-19 is changing consumers' purchasing habits ahead of Black Friday. Plus, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, Mississippi's Christmas tree farmers offer a reprieve from the crowded stores. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Half of Mississippi's 82 counties are now under a mask mandate as coronavirus coronavirus cases surge. Governor Tate Reeves added 19 new counties to the existing list of 22 to an executive order requiring masks in public and limiting the size of social gatherings. Reeves says the state is seeing its second surge. COVID-19 is not going away. It's not going to just disappear. In fact, across the country, it appears to be getting even worse. Mississippi has been able to avoid the national surge in cases for a while. We had seen seven or eight weeks of slow but steady but small increases in overall cases. However, now it's clear that we are in the middle of our second surge. The announcement came the day the State Department of Health reported 53 COVID-19 related deaths. 3,729 Mississippians have died from the disease since the pandemic began in March. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says that number is likely an undercount and the mortality rate for residents over 50 is troubling. If we look at our total excess deaths in the state of Mississippi um, since all this started, we have 5,090 more deaths than one would have been predicted based on previous year's estimates. So clearly we feel like this is an undercount of the number of deaths that we've had. And for perspective, this is about 18% more deaths than we would see on a normal year. So of all the deaths that we've had, we've increased almost by a fifth from the coronavirus, and that's only since really March and April, so it's not even a whole year. So it is a serious threat, and I want us to take it seriously as we go into this holiday. 
if we look at um, how different age groups are impacted, we've seen a lot of kids, and, and, and unfortunately we've seen a lot, of, a lot of cases among school kids and transmission in school environments, but we do know that, that kids and young adults get over it reasonably well. There are sadly some bad events, but by and large they recover quite nicely. But as we think about going into the Thanksgiving holiday, what about other age groups? If you're between the age of 50 and 64, our mortality rate has been 2.3%. 2.3% of those diagnosed with coronavirus have died in this age group. That is way, way higher than we ever can see with influenza. If we look at those between 65 and 69, 6% have died. Between 70 and 79, 10% have died. And between 80 and 89, 18%. And over 90, there's a 27% chance of dying from coronavirus of those who've been diagnosed with it. And the reason I bring this kind of up at this point is, as we're going into Thanksgiving, we're going to be mixing young folks who get over it by and large quite nicely with middle-aged folks like me and older folks who they love. And it's a really dangerous time for us to spread the coronavirus. It's extremely important for everyone to realize that you don't have to be feeling symptoms of coronavirus to spread it. Medical professionals are worried the lure of gathering for the holidays during a period of widespread transmission will put further strain on the health care system. Governor Reeves says he won't tell Mississippians what to do, but says they need to accept the risk associated with large gatherings. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you you can't do it because each Mississippian has to step up and make their own decisions. But I will tell you that the risk is greater today than it has been at any time since August. I will tell you with certainty that social gatherings in and around Halloween has helped contribute to where we find ourselves today. Earlier this week, leaders of the University of Mississippi Medical Center called for a statewide mask mandate. Yesterday, other professional medical associations joined in the effort. Reeves claims his targeted localized approach is the most effective. I'm going to make decisions based upon what I believe is going to provide the best outcomes for the most number of Mississippians. And because of that, uh, what, what you are seeing is in uh, numerous counties in which Uh, The mask mandates are in place. We're seeing significantly better um, participation by our fellow Mississippians. Uh, We are seeing uh, more masks being worn, uh, both from an anecdotal standpoint and quantitative. It is not universal. Uh, We have some leaders in some communities who, who, for whatever reason, don't think uh, that masks work. I think the the data is very clear. I think the data is very clear uh, that... Uh, our approach uh, can and will lead to the best outcomes. With half the state's counties now under a mandate, Dr. Dobbs is emphasizing the order isn't limited to mask wearing. He says avoiding is another important piece of the puzzle. With the mask mandate in the order, it's not just the masks, it's the social distancing piece, and we don't talk about that. I would like to, for everybody to, to make sure that we understand that along with that order are restrictions on the number of people who can get, who can get together indoors. And if we look what's driving transmission right now, it's groups of people indoors. And, um, you know, I, I would like to change our conversation a little bit to that, just understanding how important that is. 
because we're not going to wear a mask when we're eating and we're not going to wear masks around our family. So we really have to do those other things that are going to work. More than 20,000 Mississippians have been infected with COVID-19 in November. Coming up, retailers prepare for peak holiday shopping. We look at how COVID-19 is changing consumers' purchasing habits ahead of Black Friday. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi retailers are optimistic they'll see large turnouts as the holiday shopping season gets underway with early Black Friday deals. According to the National Retail Federation, people are expected to spend on average $1,000 on gifts, seasonal decorations, and food. Catherine Cohen of the NRF tells our Desiree Frazier retail spending is on the rise since the summer, driven by changes in consumers' shopping habits. Since June, we've seen our strong month over month per growth in retail sales for most months and uh, really strong uh, year over year growth compared to last year, which is really incredible given uh, the impact of the pandemic. But we're seeing COVID has impacted people's lives in a number of ways, Uh, one of which is they're spending a little less on entertainment, on vacations, on services. And so they have a little bit of money that's free to spend on retail. They're also, you know, adapting their lifestyles. We're seeing people's homes are becoming their offices, their classrooms for their kids, um, their home gyms. And uh, so we're seeing people, you know, spending more based on these new needs they have. As we're looking into the holiday season, uh, you know, certainly and focus on online as well as services like buy online, pick up and store, curbside. Um, and then traditional gifts, people are, you know, looking to give gift cards, clothes, um, and other items to really make the holidays feel special, particularly this. Do you anticipate this holiday season will help um, some retailers um, recover? Um, this holiday season, like all holiday seasons, can be, you know, very, um, very critical for, for retailers um, in general. Um Holidays or retail sales during you know, the last two months of the year represent about 20% of total retail sales. So it can be you know, a significant source of revenue for um, many in the industry. This year, you know, with consumers really focusing on, on gifts and celebrations, um, it can certainly you know, help retailers looking to kind of uh, recover from uh, some of the impacts of earlier in the year. And one thing that has seemed to really grow is curbside um, and pickup and deliveries. Can you speak to that, Any? Uh, yes. So um, this was a trend before the pandemic. Um, we've seen it particularly during the holiday seasons, a focus on buy online, pick up and store and curbside. You know, it sort of combines the, you know, convenience of online shopping with sort of getting your items in many cases, you know, in, in a couple of hours or, or 
that same day. So the speed of, you know, shopping in store. And um, it's certainly taken off um, through the pandemic. It's been a great option for, you know, retailers to continue serving customers. It's been something we've seen retailers of of all sizes uh, rolling out and introducing. Um, And during the holiday season, there's been some, you know, some fun um, innovations with it. Some places are having Santa bring your items to your car um, and others, you know, are offering things like gift wraps for curbside and and other things like that. So uh, we know in general, consumers really like this service. Um, and again, it's been something that's grown through the pandemic and it's grown um, in interest regardless of where people live. So uh, we didn't look at Mississippi specifically, but, you know, just com- comparing, you know, kind of very dense urban areas versus more rural ones. It doesn't matter. People like this service and they like using it. Catherine Cullen is with the National Retail Federation. Locally, retailers are expecting shoppers for the traditional Black Friday experience. Lexi Harris is with the Tanger Outlet in South Haven. She says retailers are taking pandemic-minded precautions ahead of the sales holiday. I think everybody is ready for the holiday season, and I think um, Black Friday is going to be an exciting time for everybody to come out and do that holiday tradition that they're used to. And what are stores doing? What are you um, encouraging them to do um, because of the coronavirus pandemic to protect customers? Sure. Um, We definitely have things in place to help with social distancing guidelines. Um, We obviously encourage all guests to follow the guidance of state and local health officials. Um, But we have protective measures as far as providing masks to all of our Tanger employees and requiring them to wear them um, while they're on the premises. Um, We also encourage um, facial coverings by all shoppers and visitors while they're on site. Uh, We regularly sanitize high-touch services um, in accordance with the health official recommendations and the social distancing among um, everyone while they're on the premises. Um, We actually have line control stickers that helps with that um, at all of our stores. So if they're having to maintain a line outside, um, customers are also maintaining their social distance in that way as well. And what do you do if you get a customer that doesn't want to wear a mask? Is there any protocol for that? Um, We work with those individuals, um, and we just state, you know, what the local mask mandate is. And um, we work with the customer, and for the most part, we haven't had any issues, and uh, we will maintain that great customer service that Tanger offers here. Do you anticipate this season to... Um, help shore up retailers because, you know, we had the shutdown and, of course, there has been um, um, some decline in shopping and during some parts of the year? Um, sure. I think that, um, fortunately for us at Tanger Outlets, um, we have had a, a great year, uh, even with COVID uh, taking a factor into things. Um, and I think the holiday season is uh, going to be another successful time of the year. And um, we look forward to all the shoppers coming out and enjoying the time at Tanger Outlets. With people feeling cooped up in some instances, getting out will probably be um, pleasant for folks. It will. And I think um, something that we have to offer that some of the you know regional malls can't offer is that we're an open air center. Um, and that makes people feel a little bit safer when they're shopping around our center. Lexi Harris of Tanger Outlets in South Haven with our Desiree Frazier. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, Mississippi's Christmas tree farmers offer a reprieve from the crowded stores. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Uh, back in 2001, I had a uh, car accident where I had a closed head injury. Lately, I've been having these headaches where, like, I get kind of dizzy when I have a headache. Seems like the only thing that works for my headaches is excedrin tension. Headaches are common after what we call a closed head injury like that. So any kind of severe trauma to the head can cause some long-term symptoms like you're having, unfortunately. Uh, headaches, uh, certainly, you know, there's a lot of worse cases, things like seizures and all these things are, you know, the damage that's done inside your head during a, a, um, accident like that, or, or an episode like that, those, uh, those injuries are structural changes. And then you can have some problems right. later on. Pain medications are great if you're having really severe pain, but if you have to take those on a daily basis, it's probably not a good idea to do that just from the side right. effects that you can have. And in particular, if it's something like the opioid painkillers, we know there's tons of you know problems that you can have with that. It's fairly easy uh, in those situations to become dependent upon those long term. Are you by chance seeing a neurologist for this or is this your regular doctor? Regular doctor. I saw a neurologist. It's been been a couple of years. I think it's probably worthwhile to do that. And here's the reasons why. There may be some other medications that you can take that aren't in particular pain medications that might help to sort of alleviate some of those things. And it might be worthwhile getting another, uh, you know, look at the structural changes that might be there because it might help them know exactly what to do. So something like a CT scan of the head, particularly if your, your symptoms have changed over time. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. The first question that we get when someone comes in is, how is the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Mississippi? Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We have every letter Grant ever wrote and every letter ever written to him. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Bunny patches, pumpkin patches, Christmas ride and seek. These are a few of the seasonal offerings by Lazy Acres, an agritourism farm in Newton County. Many locally owned operations like this took early hits in the spring wave of the pandemic. But as the calendar turned to fall, the outdoor allure of farm attractions began to draw more crowds. And now that includes picking out a Christmas tree. Michael May is the proprietor of Lazy Acres and the president of the Southern Christmas Tree Association. He shares more about the unusual year and how local Christmas tree farmers offer a reprieve from the big box stores. It's been a tumultuous year, to say the least. Uh, We started off, we do an Easter event in our farm, and uh, it pretty much got canceled before it even got started. Uh, So we were really concerned about our pumpkin season. 
uh, which turned out to be the best pumpkin season we've ever had. Why do you think that um, is? I think people were anxious to get outside and do something uh, fun after being locked up and quarantined for so many months. Did you have to take any extra precautions? Did- we did. Um, we you know, brought in some extra hand-washing stations, encouraged social distancing, and pretty much all of our staff wore masks. Um, so we tried to do you know, our part to help with it. And now you're coming up against what you think is the biggest tree-selling weekend of the year? Yes, yes. Uh, We're excited about this weekend. It's not looking great here as far as weather, um, but we'll we'll plow through it. Um, We always try to stay open rain or shine for tree sales. And then with our Christmas light event, um, we have wagon rides that normally run on Friday and Saturday nights. <clears throat> but we also have the option of switching to a drive-through where folks can drive through on a, in their own car if it gets really bad weather. So. so at Lazy Acres, people can choose a tree and cut it themselves or have it cut down themselves? That's correct. Um, we provide saws if you would like to cut it yourself, and we also have guys uh, in the field with chainsaws that uh, we can cut it for you. Which sounds like it certainly lends itself to social distancing. Absolutely, yes, yeah. All right. What about you? Are also the president of the Southern Christmas Tree Association, right? How are other businesses in the state doing? Are you in touch with them? Uh, yes, uh, we're actually a three-state association: Louisiana, Mississippi, Mississippi, and Alabama. Uh, I know some folks in Louisiana and Alabama uh, down along the coastline got hit pretty hard with the hurricanes, uh, so. They went through a pretty tough struggle. It's hard enough to prepare your farm just to regularly open, but it's really tough to um, stand all your trees back up after the hurricane has come through. But uh, I think most of them have recovered, and uh, the the input that I've gotten uh, so far is everyone is having um, very successful years. Uh, even the folks in Mississippi who do pre-tagging, uh, so they've never experienced um, the volume that they have uh, thus far. Now I want to know, and I'm sure our listeners do too, what kind of trees are available? I don't want to just talk about Lazy Acres, although it certainly include that, but what kind of Christmas trees are most available around Mississippi? Um, the most prevalent trees in Mississippi are Leland Cypress, and there are a couple of different variations of that type tree. Um, but it's, I would say 90% of the tree sales in Mississippi or even possibly greater are going to be Leland Cypress. Uh, we also have farms who have Carolina Sapphire, uh, Blue Ice, uh, and a couple other different varieties. And you said that the, the weekend after Thanksgiving is the biggest weekend. And then does it decline after that? Like week by week, is there a big decline or does it, is one week, uh, low and then it picks up again? Um, it's pretty much a declining process. We typically at our farm, we will sell about 50% of our available trees in those first four days, Thanksgiving day, the following Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon. Uh, we sell about 50% of our trees and then it just kind of of goes downhill from there. How many years does it take for a Christmas tree to reach the height that you're selling seven feet, eight feet, whatever it might be? And how do you rotate, rotate trees in and out? Um, it takes about four to five years, depending on how much rainfall you get, um, to grow a tree anywhere from seven to eight foot tall. Occasionally you'll have some, uh, reach nine and 10 foot tall in that period of time. Uh, and it's a continuous process, uh, of working throughout the year. Uh, typically we will sell out of a field 
two years and whatever's left after that second year, we pretty much just clear cut and get ready to go back with a, a brand new planting. So you have, you always have a set ready each year? Yes, yes. We plant every year and uh, we, we operate on about a five-year rotation. Um, like I said, that, that fourth year when those trees are ready to sell, uh, you'll have some that aren't quite mature, you know, maybe six foot or so. Uh, and they, they, if they can hold on for one more year in the field, they'll they'll make a good eight to nine foot tree. What can harm a tree harvest? Uh, insects or uh, drought? Too much rain? Uh, both. Um, our trees struggle with uh, drought, and they also will struggle with too much rain. Um, it's it's a never ending battle with mother with mother nature, um, trying to keep them healthy and. Uh, it's it's a lot of work that goes into it. We typically have to trim our trees two to three times a year, and uh, keep them fertilized and and take good care of them. Um, so it's a lot of uh, manual labor that goes into every tree. Michael, how many trees do you think you'll sell this weekend? Um, as many as we can. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking in the hundreds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. Michael May is the uh, proprietor of Lazy Acres, which is in Newton County, and the president of the Southern Christmas Tree Association. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.